Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. From our team to you, welcome to Season 2 of Convert Central. In Season 1, we've had the privilege of interviewing 15 converts across the months of Ramadan and Shawwal. This season, we have created a plethora of topics for every Muslim regardless of our background, our interests and our races. We pray that every podcast that we upload will be beneficial to you guys and meanwhile, enjoy listening to Season 2 of Convert Central. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, we have finished Sister Alina's series on convert marriages and the challenges. So today we are back to our fundamentals of faith. And uh, we are also continuing from our previous two weeks ago, our topic marriage in Islam. And uh, that uh, two weeks ago, we did it with Sis uh, Nusera Iman. And today we are on part two with a very, very dear teacher of mine. Uh, he's, we call him, uh, affectionately call him as Mamu. And he's been a convert for many, many years. So, Alhamdulillah, we are so blessed to have him on our podcast today to share his experiences of, you know, spending decades in a marriage and also, you know, getting his thoughts on the things we are going to discuss. So, without further ado, I'll just invite Mamu to share, you know, just a, a few minutes on how he came into Islam and then we can start on with the content. So, inshallah, please, Fadal. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My dear beloved brother, Kevin. Alhamdulillah. I came to know about Islam in 1977 at the age of 21. I was from a staunch Hindu family. My father was a priest. Uh, I was practicing Hinduism. Then after that, after many, many years, I left Hinduism. I went into Christianity. I was baptized as a Christian. And uh, I was also with a missionary. But I still couldn't find the truth. I was looking for the truth. Alhamdulillah, I think Allah loves me and brought me into Islam. At the age of 21, that is, on the 10th of August, 1977. Mashallah, mashallah. Uh, it's already more than 40 over years I've been into Islam. And I took up a lot of Islamic studies. Mm-hmm. And during my time, very difficult to find Islamic teachers who teach in English. Mm-hmm. Mostly in Malay. Mm-hmm and in Tamil, but mostly in Malay. Very difficult to find English teachers. So I struggled. I strived myself. I managed myself. Alhamdulillah, with the blessing of Allah, I studied with so many teachers. eh? And uh, I gained my Islamic knowledge in many fields. And Alhamdulillah, uh, I tried all my level best by practicing. And Alhamdulillah, with the blessing of Allah and the Blessing of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Today I'm able to advise myself, advise others, my own family members. My wife is a born Muslim and my son-in-law is a convert Muslim also. He's my own sister's son, Alhamdulillah. He got married to my daughter. And Alhamdulillah, we are living a marriage life with tranquility, harmony and peace. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. So... Thank you so much for sharing your story. Alhamdulillah, I'm sure we'll benefit a lot from your experiences, from your wealth of experiences being a convert and also being a, a married Muslim. So, without further ado, we'll go into the content of today's podcast. So, we are talking about, uh, you know, marriage in Islam from two weeks ago. You know, two weeks ago, we talked about, you know, why people get into marriage, the purpose of Islamic marriages, you know. And today, we're going to zoom in into pillars of marriage in Islam. So, what is important for marriage to be valid in Islam is a few things. So, for the woman, it's a very important person in her life called the wali. So, 
normally for Muslimah, a wali will be her uh, father. And uh, for a convert, normally the wali is someone who is the marriage officiator, the qadi. So uh, the wali is the one who is responsible for the Muslimah, the bride, before she gets married to the groom. And he has the responsibility to ensure that the groom has the characteristics to be a good husband. So basically, he's the one that gives permission for the groom and the bride to get married. And during the marriage itself, the ceremony, you know, that is required to have two witnesses within the marriage. And uh, two witnesses have to be Muslims. They have to have gone through puberty, they are adults, and they must have uh, integrity, you know, they, um, as their traits. So uh, within the marriage also, they must get verbal approval from the wife, the bride and the groom that they want to get married. So this is basically the periods of uh, pillars of marriage in Islam. And in, and in Singapore, uh, we have a pretty special marriage process, uh, you know, curated by Mu'is. And that starts off with, you know, a couple wanting to get married. They have to attend marriage guided courses in either a mosque or in Darul Akam, the Commerce Association of Singapore. So uh, that, that course is normally paid for uh, by, by the couple themselves. And it will teach them about the roles and responsibilities of the husband and wife in marriage, you know, what is a uh, fundamental marriage. You know, pretty much what we do here, but much more in-depth than what we can share on our podcast because it's only 20 minutes each. After they finish the course and they get a certificate, they can uh, apply, you know, to get married at the registration, uh, Registry of Muslim Marriages of Singapore and they have to go for interview by the Qadi uh, in ROMM itself. Subsequently, after they have been passed by the uh, interviewer in the ROMM, they can book a Qadi uh, on the website, on the portal of ROMM and then after that, uh, that is when they select the date for their marriage. So subsequently, before the marriage, the groom has to prepare something called the mahar for the for the bride. And in Singapore, uh, in, in Islam, norm, the norm is about $100. But, uh, you know, in our society, we, we, we do know people who go much, uh, you know, quite excessive in their mahar. So this is something to be discussed with our teachers and family members before we proceed. And finally, after we prepare that, we will head on to the marriage. So after... Uh, you know, the bride and groom are prepared. Everything is prepared, they will get married and inshallah, they will live the rest of their life as husband and wife. So, we will move on to our discussion uh, where we will get Mamu to join us again. Okay, so the question to Mamu is that in, in Islamic marriage, right, who has the ultimate decision, you know, in getting married? Is it the wali for the girl or the qadi in the case of a convert Muslim or the girl herself, you know, who has the ultimate decision in getting married? Well, for a convert lady. Yeah. Uh, since their parents are not Muslims, so the Qadi will become the Wali Hakim, mm. guardian, eh? and he will take the responsibility and he will get the consent from her and get her married off to the bridegroom. Mm. That is for converts. Mm. 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 Because the parents are not Muslims, so mm. in Islam uh, it is not a valid. Yeah. Mm. So that is why for converts, they always uh, ask the Wali Hakim, that is the Qadi, to be the Wali Hakim, they meet the Guardian, and he, he will ask the consent of the bride. And once he gives the consent, inshallah, they will start with the, 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 the solemnization. I see, I see. So if, if the bride, uh, you know, last minute she decides to not get married, can she? Or, you know, once yes, it's settled? Because before the solemnization, the Wali Hakim or the Guardian will ask her, eh, uh, do you, uh, he says, I, Robia, appoint so and so as my Wali Hakim to marry me to so and so. Mm. So, if she doesn't want 
if she doesn't want to give the consent, then the wali hakim cannot proceed with the solemnization. Mm-hmm. Because she has all the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody can force her. Because in Islam, nobody can force anybody to get married. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You must get the consent of the of the women, mm-hmm. of the bride. Yeah. That is very, very important in Islam. Yeah. Uh, so, especially for converts, once she gives the consent, she will give the consent to the wali hakim. Yeah. Again, and then he will be appointed by her to make her get married to her future husband. Yeah, I understand. So, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, in Islam, the women doesn't have a choice. In Islam, the women are suppressed in marriage. They don't have a choice but to get married. But that's not the case. In Islam, the women has all the rights to reject the marriage if she doesn't feel comfortable yes. or she doesn't right. want to go through. Correct. For any reason, you know, she yes. can. She has the right to do so. Correct. So this exactly. is something that we have to drive home to, to everyone who is listening, you know, that Islam is not a religion that oppresses the women in the decision of, uh, you know, marrying someone. Then in Islam, women have the equal rights. Mm. Ah, so we have to respect their equal rights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, 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 you know, totally agree with that. So, inshallah, we'll move on to the next part of the podcast where we talk about selecting a spouse. So, in Islam, you know, uh, you know, we, we have been given certain criteria to select a spouse for marriage. And uh, that comes in the form of a few narrations of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So, he has mentioned, it has been narrated that he has, he has said that women may be married for four reasons. One is for her beauty. Next is for her wealth. Next is for her lineage. And lastly, for her religion. And he moves on to, to, to add on and say that, choose the one with religion, for that will be safer for, for you. So, in another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ mentions that, uh, if there comes to you a person whose religious commitment and character you are pleased with, to propose to marry your daughter, or what, then marry her to him. Otherwise, there will be fitna in the land and widespread corruption. So, this means that, you know, when uh, a man who, is, who has good characteristics and good deen comes to to ask for your daughter's man, uh, hand in marriage and there's no issues between them both. Us as parents, you know, uh, eventually we're going to be parents, we'll be met with the decision to do so. Even though we have some personal reservations about the man, if you know him to be a good man, there shouldn't be a reason why we would to reject the marriage if both men and women are good Muslims. So, that, you know, the, the earlier hadith we also mentioned about choosing a spouse, you know, there uh, the four criteria are permissible criteria for which we can choose a spouse. Beauty, wealth, lineage and religion. And But the Prophet Wasallam has even added on to give us addition, additional guideline that, you know, we have to choose the one with the best deen, you know, to get married because that is the best for us. So That's the, the first priority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so next we'll move on to a discussion, you know, and this is something that, you know, is widespread discussed by many, many converts and even bombings alike. So, can a person, you know, a Muslim, marry against their parents' views? So, sometimes they want to get married, the parents are, you object. know, really strongly object. Is it recommended or even permissible in Islam to do so? You see, the best thing is to get married with the parents' concern. Yeah. So, it will be more blessed and you will have tranquility, mm. it will be more harmonious, mm. and both uh, families will be happy. Mm. But, if the parents are against and the bride insists on getting married, Islam says no problem. Mm. As long as she's, she has reached the age of 21, which is a major, yeah, she has all the right to get married. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but that is the, the protocol. Mm. Uh, and that is a beautiful way. That is ethics, you see. 
better to get the parents' consent. But if the parents don't want, but she still insists that she wants to get married to this, the the boy, mm. then she can she can by all all means she can proceed. Mm-hmm. And inshallah, who knows one day with the blessing of Allah, both families might get united. Yes, we have seen because once they have children, we will get united. Mm. But we try our level best, eh, try not to go against the parents' will. If yeah. possible, try to get the parents' will. But if cannot, what can we do? Yeah, yeah, eh? yeah. Because you think that this uh, brother, eh, this bride, uh, this bridegroom is fit for you, and he also thinks that both of you can live a wonderful life. And why not just proceed with your marriage life? Yeah, mm. yeah. So you know, alhamdulillah, that, that is exactly the answer that that uh, should you know uh, t- should come to the question. You know, definitely there are some guidelines that we have to follow, right? So firstly, the first and foremost thing is to we have to ensure that we try our best to get our parents' consent and their blessings. That's yes, the first correct. thing, right? And then secondly, you know, in a case where we are not able to, we must uh, make sure that we are making the right decision. That means making sure that we do our due diligence in making sure that uh, we are marrying the right person. Correct. That means praying our istihara prayers to correct. make sure that uh, we have you know, we are under Allah's guidance to carry on with the marriage and also making sure that the person that we are getting married to is a good Muslim. Correct. You know, otherwise there will be grounds to why the parents say no. And then we, then that's when we have to obey our parents, you know. For the situation where, you know, we are really, really sure that this is the right thing to do and then we are also sure that the other person that we are getting married, inshallah, he's a good Muslim, then it is permissible in Islam to get married without the consent of the parents. But like, you know, like what Mamu mentioned, is highly uh, not recommended. You know, it's best if you can get the blessings of the parents to do so. Yes, of course. Yeah. And of course, this is something that converts struggle with a lot, you know. Uh, even for for converts, our parents may be non-Muslim. So they might, you know, even after we become Muslim, they might not agree to us marrying another Muslim, you know. They might still want us to marry uh, maybe a Chinese non-Muslim for, in my case. So this is where we have to know, okay, I'm not supposed to marry a non-Muslim as a Muslim. And I know that I this is the right thing to do. So against my parents' view, as much as I can, I try to get their blessings. If not, I will do the right thing for the sake of Allah. So this is, with this discussion, we hope that you can settle some of the doubts that, you know, is floating through your minds at this point of time. So lastly, we'll move on to the rights and responsibilities of a husband and wife in marriage. Before that, before that. You see, we, that is why we have to find ways and means try to talk to our parents in a very diplomatic manner and try to win their heart. Yeah. If you can win a woman's heart, don't tell me you can't win your parents' heart. <laughs> if you can win your parents' heart, then your marriage will be a beautiful marriage. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah. If you can, if you have the talent of winning a lady's heart, don't tell me you cannot win your parents' heart. They have been with you for so long. Uh, am I right? Yeah, I feel uh, like that's advice for me as well. <laughs> so that plays a very important part. You see, because... If you want to be a good Muslim, yeah. you must be very diplomatic. You must learn how to win people's heart. Because Islam says love. Eh? Yes. In all situations, we must respect our parents. Whether they are Muslims or they are non-Muslims. Especially for converts. You must love your parents, must respect your parents. Try to win their heart. Inshallah. Ask mm. Allah to make them accept. It's mm. like what you say, pray is the Quran. Eh? And Talk to Allah, ask Allah, say, Ya Allah, make my parents give the concern, Ya Allah. So it will be more happy, we will find more happiness and more pleasing. So yeah. this is what I'm trying to say, you see. So if you can win a woman's heart, yeah. you should be able, able to win your parents' heart also. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
So we have, we have to we have to balance both sides. You know? Yes, correct. Keep focusing on correct. just the spouse and just the parents. You know, uh. it's, di- it's diligence on both sides. Because wives comes later, you see, mm. the parents is the one who gave birth to you, and they have been there forever for you. Yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. Yeah, that brings me to the point. Even after we get married, and in in the case where you know sadly we don't get their consent, we don't get their blessings, we still get married. It doesn't mean we cut ties with our parents. No, we are not we, supposed yeah, to. We are still supposed to be filial children. We are still supposed to be serve our parents even right. after this decision. Yeah, after the marriage. That is a that is the obligation. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's the responsibility of a Muslim towards their parents, whether definitely. they are Muslim or non-Muslim. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you're most welcome. You're Alhamdulillah. Most welcome. So, uh, we are going to move on to the last part of our podcast, okay, which talks about the rights and responsibilities of a husband and a wife in marriage. So, this is something where people like to talk about nowadays because they like to say that, you know, in the Islamic marriage, the husband has all the power and the wife doesn't have any power. Islamic marriage is just an exchange of money and, and, and in some cases, you know, uh, sexual favors from the women to the men. And this is something that, you know, Muslims reject. This is not what Islamic marriage just about. So, I'm going to share with everyone here um, the brief roles of a wife and a husband in marriage and then we can have a discussion about that. So, uh, roles of a wife include treating uh, their husband kindly. They're like the anchors of the household for the wives, you know. So, Muslim women that is obliged to give kind treatment to a spouse by being polite with him and not harming uh, her husband. And also, uh, Muslim women are required to fulfill the husband's physical and emotional needs, you know. And just uh, not in the form of intimacy, but also uh, in the form of emotional needs and as well to support him through tough times as well. So next, one of the uh, responsibility for the wife is also to help with family finances from time to time. And lastly, to preserve the dignity of the husband. On the husband's side, okay, firstly and foremost is to provide financially for the family. So it's ensure that your family is sustained basic necessities of life like food, water, lodging, you know, and uh, and medical needs and so on. And next, second place, which is the second most important thing, is to treat the wife kindly, you know. We are obliged to give kind treatment to our spouses by being polite with them, um, by not causing any harm to them, you know, be it not just physically but also verbally. And we also, as men, same like how the women are supposed to fulfill our needs, we are also supposed to fulfill their physical and emotional needs. It's a two-way street, you know, it's not just a one-way exchange. And also, we uh, assist with our the family's finances, not just our own family, but our spouse's families as well. And lastly, we are also required to preserve the dignity of the wife, just like how they are required to uh, preserve our own dignity as well. So, there comes the question, you know, uh, given these roles, do men have a superior role in marriage compared to the women? Okay. The institution of marriage in Islam uh, is based on interdependence of men and women in ensuring fullness of life for each other through mutual affection, mutual confidence, and mutual protection. It involves duties and responsibilities that a couple should bear together and individually. And then, it is being said to the husband, it is the responsibility of the husband to maintain the wife with profound care and live with her on a footing of kindness and equity. When blessed with children, to maintain them with devotion and to provide adequately for the intellectual, moral and spiritual development. And to protect the wife and other members of the family to the best of his ability and order their lives in accordance with the teachings of Islam. That is for the husband, that is the responsibility of the husband. Mm. And as for the wife, 
to guard her chastity and to protect her rights, honor and property of the husband yeah. and to be ever honest and sincere to serve the husband and members of the family with consideration and politeness and if they are blessed with children to bring up the children as good Muslims. Mm. So both parties play a very important role. You see, there's a lot of talk like uh, in mainstream media that Islam marriage, Islamic marriages are not fair to the women, you know, and uh, the women are only expected to stay at home, the man has all the decision in the marriage and everything. Do you think that's true? No, Islam says women have the equal rights. Huh. In, in, in what case? How, 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 does, how is Islam fair to both genders in a marriage? Okay, like what uh, Allah says in the Quran, the men are superior than the women. You understand? You see, the women are the backbone of the man. You understand? You see, there's always a saying, huh? the progress of a man is behind the women. So you see, both of them have to support each other. You understand? Islam, you see, both, this is the misconception about uh, yeah. Islam. Yeah. So what they are thinking, they mean the wife should be a slave. No, Islam, yeah. Islam doesn't treat women like that. Exactly. Uh, but, you see, the most important thing is the wife don't go against the husband. Try not to be more superior than the the most important thing is, okay, if now, uh, let's say, I want to make a decision, ask my wife, talk to her. Mm. Hey, this, uh, this is what we call mutual understanding. Mm. This is Islam. Mm. Not that everything, the man start demanding, that is not, that is not the way. Exactly. exactly. That is not Islamic. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. So, so you know, like, like what Mamu has mentioned, uh, you know, you, you hear words like, Equity being mentioned by Mamu just now when he was talking about responsibilities. In Islam, it's never about, it's not about equality, you know, where we get the same, you know. Because men and women, we are not made the same, you know. Equality means the women is going to go through the pain of childbirth, then the men must go through. If not, it's not equal. But in Islam, it's about equity. Equity means wherever you're lacking, we make up for it. Yes, you know? correct. And, and this is what Islam is, you know. Uh, Allah has mentioned in the Quran that men are superior to to women, but that is in the case where is we are superior in things like strength. So we are not using this strength to oppress women, but right. we help them with right. uh, household chores that would need a uh, bigger. Uh, you know, we, we need our strength. We help them. You know, where you know, I'm, I'm sure everyone at home. We are told all the men are told to clean the ceilings and the fans because we are naturally taller than women. So these roles are more suited for us to do. And so you know, when it comes to decision making, you know, yes, although the men are the main. Uh, you know, uh, source of decision making in the household. There are narrations of the prophet asking his wife on uh, consulting his wife on decisions. Like for example, when they, they tried to go for Umrah and uh, the, the, the 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 people of Mecca did not allow them to 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 come into Mecca. You know, and the the companions realized that you know after their long trek to Mecca, they had to slaughter the animals and give their meat to the to the at a part of time the enemies. You know, they were they were dumbfounded. You know, and and when Rasulullah told them about the decision. They didn't move, you know, it was the first time that they didn't respond to his instruction. So instead of, you know, making another decision by himself, he went back to his tent, he went to ask his wife on what to do, you know, he yes. explained to his wife. His wife said, okay, what, what you do now, you just, whatever you say, you do it. And, and he followed her advice, you know, he took her advice to make his next decision, you know, although he is supposed to be the one making the decisions. And so, he's the prophet somehow. Exactly, and, and this is Allah's way of telling us that, yes, although men are 
uh, people who make decisions in the household because by nature men are more logical you know in psychology we study both genders we, we find out that women are more emotional by nature and men are more objective and more rational more logical by nature although this is the case we still seek the counsel of our wives when making decisions this is how we balance each other out in Islam it's never the case where the men are more superior than women and that's, the, and that's it but we use the things that we were blessed you know to help and, and complement the other gender in other ways and and in other ways, women are better in men in other aspects, which is why women have their own roles in marriage as well. They are the caretakers of children, you know, because they have the motherly love, you know. So this is where Islam comes in, in terms of equity, in terms of making sure that both genders have their specific roles and responsibilities. So Alhamdulillah, uh, before we end our podcast, you know, I just want to ask Mamu if he has any parting advice for converts who want to get married. My best advice is uh, go and seek knowledge, make yourself knowledgeable first. So when you have knowledge, then you will know how to get married and live, uh, what do you call it, a marriage life with tranquility. Mm. So that is very, very important. And understanding, mutual understanding is very important. And you see, most of the, uh, some of them, they have misunderstood of Period. That means they were thinking, what, oh, let me the husband is the one who controls. That actually, that is not the, yeah. Yeah, that is a misunderstood, misconcept. Yeah, yeah. The meaning of superior means you work together, you understand? You work together, uh, you help her, you understand? And she help you. See, the prophet has, even though household work, you know, he has a prophet. So, but you see, what we are thinking, we are thinking that if I, if me as a man by doing household, uh, it means our our status when no come on you're in your own house, you are living with your own wife and your own children. What's wrong with doing with the household work? Yeah, you understand? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Huh? You are, your status is not going to go down. Am I yeah, right? Yeah. You want your status to go down or you want to have problem in your family? Which one do you want? If you think your status is going to go down by doing all this work, but you're going to have problems. Yeah. But if you are going to never think about your status, but you are going to have, uh, what do you call it, you work together, yeah. and you help her, yeah. you are going to have a prosperous life. You are going to have a tranquility. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is the most important thing, inshallah. So, go and choose a, a wife with Islamic knowledge who's religious. Mm-hmm. And inshallah. And make sure you also... Ah, it's not the other side, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. You want to uh, you see some men. They want wife to be religious, but they are not religious. That is not proper. Yeah, yeah. Both parties should be religious. You understand or not? Yeah. Huh? Should be balancing. Then you will yeah. have a beautiful Islamic wedding life in Jawala. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much, Mahmoud, for joining us today. You are most welcome. Inshallah, we hope to get you back on our podcast to share your story in the future, Inshallah. Inshallah, Bihaulillah. So, Inshallah, bless all of us, Inshallah. Any shortcoming, please forgive me. Thank you so much, Ramu. Oh, you're most welcome. <laughs> and inshallah, uh, stay tuned to our next two episodes to have a closure on this topic of Islamic marriages and our next convert sharing. So, uh, we shall end today's sharing with Tasbih Kafara and Surah Al-Asr. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wal asri inna al-insan al-fi kusrin. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa amanu salihati wa tawasabil hati wa tawasabil sab. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you very much, Brother Kevin and also Brother Shafiq.